Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. The Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr. has stepped down as president of the Rainbow Push Coalition, the international civil rights organization that he founded in Chicago nearly 50 years ago. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Jesse Jackson leaves behind big shoes to fill, but his successor and mentee, Texas pastor Frederick Douglass Haynes III, says no one with sense would try to stand in his shoes. His shoes are too large. They've taken us so far from the streets of Greenville, South Carolina, to the south side of Chicago, to the road to Damascus, to the cold mountains of Russia, to those who were struggling and suffering in Armenia. He's been right there, speaking truth to power, empowering the powerless. That was Haynes speaking yesterday at the annual Rainbow Push Convention in Chicago, where Jesse Jackson's retirement was formally announced. Here to discuss is Ambassador Carol Mosley Braun. She served as a Democrat in the U.S. Senate from 1993 to 1999 and was the first black woman ever elected to Senate. Also with us is political strategist Delmarie Cobb. She began her public relations firm, The Publicity Works, after working on Jackson's presidential campaign in 1988. Now, in his farewell speech, Jesse Jackson said, quote, I am somebody, green or yellow, brown, black or white. We're all perfect in God's eyes. Everybody is somebody. Stop the violence. Save the children. Keep hope alive. Unquote. Ambassador, your reaction to that message and his retirement? Well, it's a non-retirement. I mean, if you, nobody, I think, is thinking that Jesse Jackson's going to go find a chair to sit and, <laughs> and, and rock, you know, rock himself to sleep. No, he. This is a non-retirement, and uh, and and I'm delighted. He's still going to contribute in the ways that he wants to and he can uh, going forward. Um, but of course, I think that we have to be thankful that we had him in our midst, that we got to know him. All of us on this call actually got to know him personally, which is really a real honor, because I don't think there will be another person in our lifetime that um, will be as consequential as Jesse Jackson has been. And so we, we, you know, we just have to be thankful that we had him and and had the benefit of his brain and his spirit and his soul uh, to keep hope alive. (laughs) So Delmarie, uh, Jackson was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. This was eight years ago, uh, and he he suffered a host of health setbacks, we know, uh, in 2021. So, I mean, this was inevitable, right? And I'm sure this was a very hard decision for him to come to, and, and I'm sure his family pushed him to come to this decision because at some point you have to weigh the quality of life and the quantity of life. And if you want both of them, you've got to make some tough decisions. And this was one of them that needed to be made uh, both by him and his family to step back. 
and let someone else take the reins of uh, the Rainbow Push Coalition and move it forward. Yeah. Well, hundreds gathered to to pay tribute to his work. There were songs, messages by uh, black activists and politicians, including Vice President Kamala Harris. Here's what uh, they had to say about Jackson's influence. He has and continues to bring together people of all backgrounds, black Americans, Asian Americans, Latino Americans, farmers, LGBTQ plus Americans, Native Americans, women, labor, union members, people with disabilities, our young leaders, and people around the world. That has been the work of Reverend Jesse Jackson. That was obviously Vice President Kamala Harris. What would you say, Delmarie, uh, was Jesse Jackson trying to accomplish through the Rainbow Push Coalition? What was the goal? The goal was for America to live up to its promise and its potential. Uh, that was the goal. Um, something that we continue to strive for, and uh, we're watching us as a nation go backward, all the progress. Imagine for a moment, to be in his shoes, to be a part of the struggle from the very beginning, to be a disciple of Martin Luther King, to see the progress that you've made after all the hard fight and struggle, um, and then to live long enough that you see it eroding and people trying to snatch it back. I mean, so for him, this is not a time to step back. And I'm sure, as I said earlier, how hard it must be Mm -hmm. because he knows that the fight is so far from over. Uh, We want to believe on a regular basis when when Barack Obama was elected president, Mm -hmm. oh, we're a post-racial society. Well, we see we're far from a post-racial society. I mean, has that really dawned on you? I mean, he started this, he founded this 50 years ago, 50 plus years ago. And you're saying the fight is far from over? We see it is because for every gain that we make, we step back two more steps. And so it's something about the DNA of this nation, which is so disappointing. And and as uh, Kamala Harris said, in terms of patriots, I always say African-Americans are the most patriotic people on the face of this earth, because despite all the things that have happened to us in this country, we still believe. We still believe in the potential of this country to live up to its promise. And so that is what he's been pushing for, and that's what he's been fighting for, and it never stops. Yeah. Ambassador, what impact has Rainbow Push had on Chicago over the years? Well, it's it's helped to change our city, uh, to help us reach out for inclusion in this, in this democracy. Um, we have uh, we have moved forward from the time I was a little girl growing up in Chicago. Um, uh, there, there were communities where you just not did not go if you were black uh, for fear of violence. And, and we've moved past that as a society. And our city is now working better. There are obviously pension problems and all those things. But at the same time, the battle that Delmarie was talking about, the fact of the matter is that that's a never-ending battle. I mean, it's essentially a, uh, a, a, a spiritual battle. And it won, it's one that carries on from generation to generation. And we should not get despair. We should not be in despair about it because we have made great progress and, you know, we, we, it hasn't totally happened and we are in the middle of a backlash. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is while, while you're in a backlash, that's when you have to redouble your efforts, redouble your commitment to going forward and to, and to living up to the expectations and the hopes and the dreams 
uh, that our Constitution promises us. What about the national and, and international impact, Delmarie, uh, of Rainbow Push? Well, that's the part that many people don't even understand or realize. Like beyond and, Chicago, beyond the country. Absolutely. What, what else is happening? And I often say that uh, familiarity breeds disrespect. Uh, because Jesse Jackson is here in Chicago and he's so close, we don't quite give him the reverence that he deserves and that the rest of the world actually does give him. Because all over the world— they ask him to come speak. I mean, they ask him to speak in Ireland. They ask him to speak in Africa. They ask him to speak all over the world for on human rights and equal rights and women's rights. Um, he is the foremost most authority when it comes to those three issues. And, and, uh, and he has not only the, is he the authority, he has actually put it into practice. Uh, he put his money where his mouth is, and he has uh, spent time with farmers and spent time with AIDS victims and spent time with uh, on women's issues marching. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is his power all over the world. Uh, he is still very much revered um, in terms of all the things that he's accomplished for all these equal, all the things that, as he says, the isms. (laughs) Right, exactly. So yesterday's retirement announcement, uh, it it was a welcoming ceremony as well for the Reverend Dr. Frederick Douglas Haynes III. Uh, He's now taking over, as I mentioned, as the the new president and CEO of Rainbow Push. We heard his voice earlier uh, in the segment there. What else should we know about Haynes, Delmarie? Well, I think that he will be a shot in the arm for uh, the Rainbow Push Coalition. I mean, when you look at his record, I, I went to uh, look his background up so that I would know, you know, exactly who was coming in. And uh, they talk about the church that he's been the head of, mm-hmm. that when he started as pastor, uh, it had 100 members and now it has 13,000 members. Oh, wow. Uh, and so it's a mega church. Um he apparently uh, has a couple of foundations. He's a major fundraiser. He's obviously, he can attract people to him. Uh, so I would say that he probably has a uh, the oratorical skills mm-hmm. to follow a Jesse Jackson, uh, because you certainly need that in order to follow a Jesse Jackson. And um, so I think he is exactly what the organization needs at this time. I mean, the only thought... I could find would be the fact that he's not from Chicago. Right. He'll be transitioning from Texas. Right. And there's always a learning curve <laughs> when you come to Chicago. You can't just come to Chicago. You've got to immerse yourself. Oh, you're preaching to the choir, <laughs> Delmarie. There is a learning curve. Yes. But somehow we make it through. Exactly. Us, trans- us transplants. <laughs> and so oh, I believe that, you know, he will be uh, welcomed and people will envelop him and uh, will do everything they can to help him succeed. Ambassador, what do you say this uh, transition means for the future of Rainbow Push? Well, I, um, I think it's going to inject some new blood into the organization, as Delmarie points out. Uh, the fact is that it's, an, age, it's an, a, an operation that, remember, I go back to the days of Operation Breadbasket. <laughs> it was on Halston the Theater. Oh, tell us more. Theater. <laughs> well, I'm talking about my age when I do that. But anyway, so uh, this is a good thing to say. A good thing that it's that it's transitioning, and that the Reverend uh, has organized this transition in a way to give us someone who 
can actually stay on, can actually carry the weight of his, of, of his legacy. Um, uh, this, this, uh, I don't know this, I do not, do not know the pastor. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting him, but, um, um, you know, the fact is that we, we, um, have a chance to get to know him, to give him the support he'll need because it's a big job. I mean, when, when Jesse stepped out there, uh, with Operation Breadbasket, it was not 30 years since the murder of Emmett Till. Uh, the mm. murder of, of Ch- Cheney, Goodwin, and Schwarmer. I mean, the fact is, we were in a really bad place as a country, and Jesse Jackson held up a light for everybody. And and to say, this is the way to peace. This is the way to progress. This is the way to prosperity for the whole country. And we just have to do it right. And Delmarie is also right about his his standing internationally, uh, all over the world. Remember when he took over at at uh, at, at Breadbasket, um, most of the African nations were just coming out of colonialism, and so they expect they appreciated his message. And it was always a message of you can do this. You don't have to be relegated to second class citizenship in mm. the world. And so um, uh, he 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 did so much to provide a light for so many people. That again, that's that's kind of the point of this whole uh, period that we celebrate him yeah. and thank him for his service because his his service has been really for people united against humanity yeah. or people united for united for humanity, and it's it's been a it's been a, a directed to exposing the humanity that we all share and to giving people the confidence that they could move forward in the direction of the promise of our constitution. And for those wondering, Operation Breadbasket, it was founded by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, in 1966, uh, Dr. King appointed uh, Jesse Jackson to serve as the first director of uh, Operation Breadbasket here in Chicago. To your point, uh, Delmarie, I mean, Haynes, who's the new president, he says that he's going to continue to live in Dallas and he's going to remain his church's senior pastor. But Rainbow Push headquarters is going to stay here in Chicago because he says, you know, this is part of the fabric of this city. Um, but I, I wanted to read you a quote from uh, Mary Mitchell of the Chicago Sun-Times latest column. She says uh, his decision, Jesse Jackson's, to step down, it's, quote, an example of unselfish leadership, unquote. What Absolutely. So many African-American institutions are uh, centered around a personality. And when the personality dies or goes away, the organizations fall apart. And so you've got to, one of the things we have to do as a people is to secession build. And, and that's what this is. You have spent 50 years or more building an institution. You do not want it to go when you go. And, and that is probably his biggest fear, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that he had the presence of mind to say, especially looking that one son has gone on to Congress and uh, his, his, his daughters are all doing something else. And he, I mean, to have the presence of mind that, okay, we may need to bring some outside influences in to save this organization so it can live beyond me. Yeah. In addition to his contributions to, to civil rights and social justice, Jesse Jackson I mean, he's been such a powerful force in politics. Uh, He ran influential presidential bids twice, 1984 and 1988. What was it like working on the campaign in 88? 
So I was his national national traveling press secretary, and uh, one of the things I suggest that you do is if you can find anybody, especially Cheryl Corley of NPR, who was there Saturday when all of us at the reunion started telling our stories, uh, little bits, snippets of our story. I mean, you really get a sense of what the campaigns were really about and how significant they were and what kind of legacy he left Mm. and the groundwork that he laid for a Barack Obama to come along 20 years later and actually become the president of the United States. Had it not been for what Jackson did in 88, Mm. specifically the fact that he did so well in, in 1988, that his delegates in Atlanta wanted him to take the fight to the floor to become the vice president presidential candidate. And as you know, Dukakis chose Lloyd Benson, but it was their influence. And he says, no, we're not going to tear the party apart. But what we are going to do is use this leverage to get some of the rules changed. And one of the significant rules that was changed is winner take all from that to proportionality. Mm. And it was the proportionality that enabled Barack Obama to win because when Hillary Clinton and Barack went to the convention in 2008, neither one of them had enough delegates to be the nominee. Interesting. I'm I'm so curious to hear more about like what you would have seen back in 88 as as challenges that that Jackson went through that like you said opened the doors for a Barack Obama. Well, I was lucky, uh, from what I hear from other people who worked the 84 campaign, uh, we had a real campaign in 88. We had a real airplane. <laughs> we had all <laughs> those things that they didn't have in 84. So I consider myself lucky uh, that I came along at the right time. But, you know, our days were uh, 20-hour days. Uh, while wow. Dukakis and George Bush would do one event a day, and it would be a pretty beautiful event, wow. we were doing 10 and 12 events a day. In multiple states, not multiple cities, multiple states. Oh and so, wow, it, we, we've come a long way. In <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking, Ambassador, of running for office, uh, Jackson backed your run for, for Chicago mayor back in 2010, right? Well, he did, and more to the point, he backed back my run for United States Senate, yeah. uh, which was a successful campaign. What did that mean, having his support? Well, it meant a lot. It meant that people across the state of Illinois who had uh, who were fans of Dr. of Reverend Jackson were able to see in me someone who was prepared, who had worked, walked the walked the walk on civil rights and human rights, and and uh, was prepared to do what I could do to help people uh, live the American dream. I mean, that really was what, what was about moving toward the, what the Constitution promised all of us. And so, he, you know, I since seventeen eighty nine. There had never been a black woman senator uh, since 1780. Of wow. the 1,180 senators, I was the first black one, uh, black woman. Yeah. So, uh, and it made a big difference. And, and, and Reverend Jackson was right there for the fight. And I was grateful to him. I am, I remain grateful to him uh, for it. Tell us more about how he has helped raise African-American issues to the Democratic Party's platform. You know, I, I, I am less familiar with the Democratic Party platform than Del Marie is. Uh, but uh, I can tell you that uh, he, he's made a big difference in terms of changing mindsets. I mean, one of the things when I 
when 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 he ran for president, um, again we were that not that far off from Emmett Till being murdered, uh, Goodwin Cheney, Schwimmer. I mean, all the struggles of the civil rights movement were right there, and they were they were in our lifetime. Yeah. And and so and so Jesse Jackson participated in all of those things, and he was able to lift people's minds, lift their hearts, so they understood they didn't have to be second class citizens. You know, they didn't have did not have to take low. They did not have to put up with mistreatment. And yeah. that, and that, and that—that's what—that's what keep hope alive means. I mean, he has been consistent over the years on these messages of empowerment, of raising people's spirits, of raising their vision, so that they would understand that they there was equality in this country yes. and that they were entitled to it. Um, so I think that I think that helping to adjust the mindset of Americans was probably one of the most important contributions he made domestically here. Yeah. Uh, he also had that impact across the world. And Delmarie is right not to leave that out because I, you know, I, I've been across around the world and, and everywhere you go, people know who Jesse Jackson is and they are Absolutely. grateful to him for his contributions. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we need to be mindful of how, uh, how consequential this one individual has been uh, for the world, not just for Chicago and not just for Illinois, but for the world. Oh, yeah. He's larger than life. What would you add, Delbury? And I was going to say just one of the planks to the uh, platform uh, in 88 that was controversial that they pushed was Palestinian homeland. I mean, that was absolutely unheard of at the time. Uh, and, of course, the party pushed back. Um, because they were, I don't, I don't know about this, but that's how far in advance he mm. was. So when you're talking about progressive politics, he was so much further advanced than anyone else. And remember, I happened to be a reporter in Norfolk, Virginia, when he brought back uh, uh, Robert Goodman, uh, who was from Virginia. I was sitting in the newsroom uh, on my day off. My mother was visiting me. We were in the newsroom, and we were watching live as he is standing there with Reagan, uh, having brought back Robert Goodman from Syria. Wow. So that in mind, that exact vision, what do you hope now for Jesse Jackson as he's easing into retirement? Well, I hope and I think that it was so important, again, for people, the media who were there, and there were a lot of media there this weekend, to hear all the stories that were told this weekend so that people are reminded because of course you forget all the things especially when you're doing a hundred million things you know people forget all the things that you've done and and this weekend was a real reminder of all the things that Jackson has done and as um, Carol Mosley Braun said how consequential this one person has been on so many different fronts and I hope that now that all that's documented, that it, people will go back to that mm-hmm. and recount and remember his real legacy, that this body of work that he has, he and his family have sacrificed to give us. As this generation would say, put some respect on his name. Right, exactly. <laughs> We've been talking with political strategist Delmarie Cobb and Ambassador Carol Mosley Braun. Thank you both so much. This episode of Reset was produced by Stephanie Kim, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab and Dan Tucker. Become part of the Reset community by subscribing to our newsletter. You can join thousands of fellow listeners who have already subscribed and are sharing their thoughts on the news, social issues, and culture of the city. Just go to wbez.org slash Reset News to sign up. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.